Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodeutchen. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. In this episode, I'm talking to brand consultant and creative director, Claire Thompson-Jeanville. Originally from Scotland, the Paris native has made a name for herself in the fashion industry, first by editing Self-Service magazine, and more recently, setting up her own consultancy and collaborating with heritage French label Palace on a line of tailored pieces for women. A sneaker obsessive and exercise fanatic, she shared her styling tips, her life in Paris, and why, when it comes to work, She's all about the creative collaboration. So, yes. where do you want to start? Um, well, I think, look, okay, you bounded in, talking about how everyone stopped you and asked you about your trainers, so that's probably a good place to start. <laughs> you were just saying how no one, you can be wearing an amazing Celine coat and no people won't stop and stop you about it, but... They stop you about your trainers. Something about these sneakers, um, you know. I, I'm a, I guess I could, you could describe me as a sneaker freak, you know. Um, and I definitely love a high top. Um, Have you always been into trainers? Always. Can you remember your first pair? Oh God, there. I'm, I'm Nike's Air Air Max, probably. I did go through a Reebok phase. So um, you're not brand specific. No, but at the moment these um. You know, Virgil. So what you have? You should describe the ones you're wearing now. The ones I'm wearing yeah. are like the plain white, off-white Nike or Jordan ones, um, and yeah, I definitely. It's such a strange thing. I mean, I even told Virgil about this. I was like, people stop me in the street, like, and just ask me, "Where did you get those shoes? How can I get them?" Like, some people offered to buy them, like when I'm in a cab, like random <laughs> people. How much money do you think you could get for them? I don't know. They're priceless. <laughs> <laughs> what did Virgil say when you told him that? He was like, "Cool." <laughs> um, he was like, cool. "No, I I can't remember what he said. He's just like, cool, I'm happy. You know, speaks to people." But um, yeah, no, I got stopped outside of Marks and Spencer's when I was with my daughter, and some kid was like, "I can't believe you're wearing those." Like. You should be have them on a shelf. I'm like, no, it's... Yeah, so, no, sneakers are p- pretty much all I wear, and I kind of like the look with my palace collection. So it's all part, it's part of this kind of uniform that you say you like, which is trainers, or what you call sneakers. Sneakers, a great suit. Um, you know, the suit, the, when I approach... A trouser suit. A trouser yeah. suit, yeah, le smoking. So... I'm today I'm wearing like the smoking. So today I'm wearing my black smoking from my Palace collection. So you're you've done a a, a collection for Palace. Yeah. Do you want to talk? I mean, how did you how did that come about? Um, It was all very organic. What happened was I was just a customer, I guess, like getting my made-to-measure suits. Where is the shop? There's no shop. It's an atelier in Paris. It's all very private. Um, and who and owns it? It's a palace family. So it's a couple, Daniel and Veronique. Um, Do you know them? Yes, we've, we've come quite close now. I mean, now we're working on the second collection. 
but it all started for, with their first collection. They did these beautiful smoking, and I was, you know, just loved their approach and how it's all very like artisanal and the craftsmanship and the beautiful fabrics. And I really enjoyed the experience of going there and like discussing with them. And like, and you can be very specific if you have in mind what you want. And, and I'm obviously very specific. So I would come in to them and be like, I want a grey pinstripe suit in a boyish cut, and we would, you know, work on the cuts. And then it all kind of grew from there because those suits became like what I would wear the whole time. And, you know, friends, editors, stylists, all the creative people surrounding me are like, oh, what are you wearing? Like, this is great. I'm like, oh, it's palace. And then I kind of realized that there was maybe something in that. So I just sort of started a phone call conversation with the with the Danielle and Veronique and so they've been designing didn't they found that label in like 1960 or something so I think it was his father's label right. initially um, and then yeah I mean they also on the side do you know tailoring for a lot of the big houses the Balenciagas the Celines the Balmals and blah mm. Um, but yeah, they're very small, and I like that approach as well. I, I like that sort of family closeness. Um, so yeah, it just sort of stemmed from there, and and so we started a conversation, and then from the moment we had that conversation, I knew exactly what I wanted the collection to be because it was the pieces that I really. How many pieces? How many? Suits? There's nine looks. They're all suits. They're not all suits. There's a like jump. There's like two jumpsuits. Um, it's all quite boyish, I would say. Um, is, that, is that how you think you dress? Is it kind of a reflection of your own style? Yeah, because ultimately, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a designer. I'm definitely an editor. Um, and it was just a question of like editing my personal taste and sort of translating that for what I would like to wear, what other working women would like to wear. Is it an ongoing collaboration or is it just a one off? I'm working on the new season, um, summer which is trickier actually, but just as fun, because it's like, what do I want to wear this summer? What do you wear under the jacket? What do you wear under the jacket? Nothing? Well, you personally, yeah, you do know nothing. Oh, like yeah. a bra yeah. or nothing maybe? Or like a shirt or, I don't know, there's so many ways of wearing it. Um, yeah, and then it's like the trouser length and, you know, the colors and the fabrics um, and, you know, great coat. Uh, yeah, it's just all this very edited, pure, realistic proposition of what women would like to wear and what's potentially missing from your wardrobe. And when you see it, you'll be like, "That's that's the one. That's that's the that's the goal." I think ultimately. And it's so nice for women to have that option as well. When you know, for men, it's so easy that they can just slip into a suit and immediately look so pulled together. But you know what I was thinking that it's so funny on the Eurostar today when I was coming over I was wearing my suit and I had a sweater underneath and then like a scarf in my bag and I was looking around at the men and like that's what the men were wearing you know the women are all like it was it, it was just like so simple it feels so simple and efficient and you def- it definitely like brings something to your mood and brings a confidence if you're wearing like a beautiful suit um, and you've got good hair and you just you know the rest is just like easy. Hmm. Hmm. So trainers are in your cabinet and your palace suit. Also, you mentioned gold jewellery. I know that you... You're so, so you're quite big on accessories. Talk me through. I'm big on accessories, but I'm big about... Especially in jewellery, it's like things that mean something to me. You know, I'm less of a kind of like buy loads of stuff kind of person. I'm more of a timeless, like meaningful type person. Um, so I have... What are you wearing? Well, I have these rings um, from Gaia Raposi, these anti-fur 
rings which are like stackable that I kind of stack around like my wedding ring and like you know my solitaire and then I also have these um these bracelets gold very fine chain bracelets from Neva Oslo that have like my children's initials um so they like she brought them out in sort of you know gold and then she did like a diamond version and then she did a collaboration with Bonpoint so that's all like meaningful things for me and then I guess my signature has to be the um, Charlotte Chenet doll pendant because everybody's always like what is that like it's really long and kind of tinkling multifaceted and moves um you know people are like is that a piano tuner is that a weather vane is what is it I'm like I asked Charlotte and she just wanted it to be to move and to make a cool noise um, so I love it. So that would definitely be in my cabinet. Um, and I was thinking of just going back to what you were saying about obviously working with Palace. Um, and I've, I think I read somewhere, somewhere about you as well that you sort of enjoy this process of collaboration. And I know um, you were well, you worked at Self Service for ten years, and you were the editor there um, for a lot, a lot of that time. But um, Self Service. You did a lot at, when you were there. You did a lot of collaborations, and is that I was wondering if that's something. Um, what I was wondering, what about the collaborative process appeals to you so much? And if there's one in particular that's like been really meaningful. Oh, there's so I mean, so much of your of one's work as an editor is just cur- curating these great collaborations and knowing like when the right moment is to work with a certain person and having that vision almost I mean and working with the person to sort of put together the project and um you know I've been so fortunate over my career to be able to work with like you know the leading talents of our generation and you know someone like Joe McKenna or you know Jane Howe and Suzanne Collar um you know photographers there's so many um you know I've just been surrounded by people who've sort of given me energy and I've kind of given it back and I feel like the process of collaboration is only when you you know you find a find a point where you want to get to and then you work with that person to get to that point um, how does the process work of getting to that point do you sit down with them is it a series of discussions is it an it's email a real, for, well I mean it's a conversation isn't it it's you know it's, it comes over time because there's a trust uh, that you have with people who know that you get them and you get like what the best points of their work are and that you are open to suggestions of like maybe you should try this and other times it's like I'm going to do this it's like but what about it's a conversation that comes through yeah trust and I know obviously with the magazine I was working with it's you know there was a, there was a high standard of you know visual and you know presentation and like the message and the type of woman um, that we're portraying so that had obviously a lot to do with it, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been really excited. It's always exciting every time you work with someone new, um, and I think people, you know, especially creative people, like like to be challenged. Um, so yeah, the process of collaboration is just like essential to me. In fact. And now I've moved on from from self service, and I'm now in my new phase. Those collaborations and those relationships that I've you know created can now be explored in like a different way. Is there anyone in particular who you just? Oh my God, people! I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> or like the one, I mean, that, one person in particular, just, just who sticks in your mind, or that you just think, "Wow, I'm really 
proud of that. That was such a cool. I would say Joe McKenna because I just love how precise he is. Mm. You know, of, of everybody, I think you know I love I love working with Joe um, because Joe. I love working with a lot of people, but Joe is so precise. He has such an amazing attention to detail and you know he's such a perfectionist and so you know well informed about you know the types of imagery and what he wants to put out and he's very precise he knows what he wants to express of course you know he's um, hugely talented and has a vision but obviously he you know when you're working for a certain specific magazine then you adapt and you discuss what is specific yeah, I mean, Joe, for me, also, as just on a personal note, like, he was, when I first became originally managing editor, he was the first issue that I worked on. It was the Joe McKenna issue, issue 33. So for me, that was, like, my big experience and working so closely with him like on the layouts and the tear sheets and going through his archives of work and like really having that level of like attention to detail when you've got so many other things going on I feel like that for me was just such a great learning experience that I definitely like carried that on throughout like the rest of the magazines. Tell me about living in Paris because you're originally from Glasgow um, and Paris you said would go into your cabinet yeah, uh, Paris is like my city. You know, I do feel a Parisian now, I guess. I feel when I come to London, I love coming to London, but I don't feel like it's my city. You know, I don't feel... I'm still British, but I'm definitely Parisian now. You know, my, my kids are born in Paris. Um, my, my daughter speaks Franglais. <laughs> um, she goes to, you know, French school. Uh, so, no, Paris is, you know, where where I work, where I live. You know, my... It's like a hub for me, you know, like fashion, that's like the centre of fashion. Do you have your area that's like your your little village? Yeah, I do. It's really boring. I'm like a huitième, so I'm like in the eighth with all the sort of, you know, it's not cool, um, but it's just so nice. There's just like beautiful parks and I got a little cottage recently and, you know, I just take my walks and I go to like the Tuileries and take my daughter to like the carousel and, you know, it's just like very simple and just, um, yeah, just super nice. What's it like bringing up kids there? It's nice actually. It's, um, yeah, I would say I don't really have anything to compare it to. It's, I think it's great, you know, like my children love it, you know. French people are in general are pretty nice to children and pretty tolerant. <laughs> so that's yeah. What's good about children in Paris? Uh, Euro Disney. Have uh, you taken them to Euro Disney? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, did they love it? My daughter was like, ugh, like why do we have to queue? <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. Um, no, it was, yeah, I took my daughter. Uh, what was the What was her favorite ride? Like the Dumbo one. She's only three. I just wanted to go on like Space Mountain and she was like, <laughs> there's only me and her. So I was like, oh. Um, yeah, Disney's great. And then it's just, France is so great because you can just go skiing. You can just like hop on the train, go skiing, hop on the train, go to like Saint-Tropez. You're like so close to like Deauville. You've got so many vacation spots really easily accessible. So that's probably like quite a big advantage of living in Paris. I you don't miss Scotland? Um, no, I mean, I, I've ha- been having cravings to go back to the motherland. 
I've been definitely thinking about it. And I what think is it about it that you miss? Sort of the space and the neat, like the sort of greenness of Scotland and the people um, and the vibes, you know, just the sort of the general the general mood of Scottish people. I mean, I, I, I am surrounded by, you know, quite a few, it's funny, Joe, and I've got quite a few fashion Scottish friends. They're definitely like a little clan. And you're like, oh, you're Scottish too. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah. But I, I'm definitely thinking of going back soon. I need to figure that one out, take the children. Um, and what about um, other things in your, going back to your cabinet? Um, what else are you going to put in there? Because I know um, you're quite into your sport. You're quite into, like, health and fitness, aren't you? Yeah, I'm obsessed um, to the point of just really annoying. Okay, how often do you exercise? Every day. Wow. How do you find the time? Well, it's not that hard, actually. You just, if you're travelling, you just go to the hotel gym or pool. You just book a hotel that has a pool. I love to swim. So every morning, I practically I swim, uh, and I love to do yoga. That's more tricky to get a good class. You have to like plan that into your schedule. I also box, but the swimming part was um, was just a priority I made for myself. So it was like in order to have this big job and manage two toddlers, baby and a toddler, and just do everything, you have to take care of yourself. And swimming was just you know a quick swim, twenty minutes, do the lengths. You know that was part of my sort of looking after myself thing that just became like an obsession um yeah so I post a lot how of long do you swim for 20 minutes it's enough I drop my daughter at school and then I go swimming and then I go power off to my, to my meetings which swimsuit brand are you Matto into? I'm definitely Matto I love their one pieces they're so flattering and just like yeah well cut yeah so I have so many. Do you wear a swimming cap? No. I don't put my hair in the water. <gasps> okay. Yeah, I know. I'm one of those. But I, you know, I'm very athletic about it, but I just, I couldn't, you know, damage my hair that much. Yeah, have you always been really like that, sporty, or is that something that just evolved? Super sporty. Um, yeah, I mean, my yoga has been, like, for a good 15 years. I was really into Bikram for a long time, like, almost religious about it. And then I discovered that I was allowed to do other types of yoga. So then I, <laughs> so then I sort of moved into Jiva Mukti. And actually it was Gaia, Gaia Raposi, who introduced me to Jiva Mukti. And that since then, I've been really passionate about that. Um, so it's like a sort of much more dynamic uh, version of yoga where the instructor doesn't actually do the gestures. You have to really listen to transfer the gestures in your own mind to do it yourself. So it's very like working on your own practice um, but I really I really enjoy it and I enjoy like the deep sort of like it's a deep workout it's definitely like a structural thing you feel like the wellness in your body and the way you hold yourself is like a big part of like the practice um, and I th you so your body craves it so yeah I'm obsessed with that I also box. I mean, boxing is like so. You know, I, I think it's just when you have like a big job and you've got a lot of things in your mind and a lot of things to take care of. It's just being able to get out of your mind for even if it's forty-five minutes and just completely focus on something else. And boxing, you can do that because you're just like hitting something, you know, and just like focusing in the present. Um, do you box with someone else? Yeah, or against one of those one-on-one. -on -one yeah, yeah, it's really fun. You should try it. 
I can't it, imagine it. No, you would, <laughs> you would love it. You'd be surprised the number of women now who are really passionate about boxing. I've noticed that. Like Tallulah Harlick, I saw like Laura Bailey. Tallulah like, Harlick. A ton of girls. We're all like boxing and like posting on Instagram. Like, Is so there funny. like a boxing class that everyone goes to? I don't know. Laura told me about one in Notting Hill that I went to. I can't remember what it's called now. But is it bodyism? Might have been. Yeah, I think bodyism. it was bodyism. Yeah, I've I heard to, her say that's where she goes. Yeah, it was really good. I had a good session there. Um, I go to Côté Ring in Paris in third, which is really great. And the guy who's like the owner is um, is now like some like sort of guru on like you know like a life coach. <laughs> So you can kind of box him, and then he's like, you know, a motivational sort of speaker, which I think could freak some people out, but... Yeah. yeah. Speaking of life coaches, by the way, we're now coming to my favourite item in your cabinet, which you were almost not going to put in there, because you think it's too cheesy, but I think it's really cool. So, please share. Um, Well, I feel like a dork, but this is actually my book. It's it's called The Answer. Um... I suppose you could call it a self-help book. Um, the sideline is how to take <laughs> how to take charge of your life and become the person you want to be. So I was recommended this book by someone, and I bought it, and I just loved it. I, I always have it on me. Um, it's just one of those books that, for me... So you carry it in your bag? I carry it your in my bag. Your amazing Celine bag all the time. <laughs> in my, whatever bag I have, this yeah. is with me, especially when I travel, because I like to, um, you know, when you're on the plane or on the Eurostore or whatever, you reassess your goals and you, you know, it's always encouraging you to update your lists. You've got a short-term list, you've got a longer list, you've got ABC lists, and then you have to be more precise about your goal and you have to give it a time limit and you have to be, like, realistic and then you make it happen and then you shift things and you're just very, very organised, and it's amazing how much you can actually achieve if you do really work on your lists. Um, amazing. Yeah, no, it's, re- it's really great, and it's all about, you know, sort of, um, you know, mental visualisation, uh, you know, manifestations, um, you know, affirmations versus daydreaming, you know, all about your attitude. I just... It's just the kind of thing that I... It's just strikes I'm just so org- I like to have a bit of organisation I like just someone to kind of like I like to feel like I've got a plan in everything <laughs> um, so, so do you, you have like a five year plan? Um, I mean you've got five things that you maybe in five years that would be the goal for in five years but then you've got more simple things like I would like to be doing that in like six months or I would like to start doing that like next week or these are the things these are the tasks that are bothering me because I haven't done them yet, and so what's the time frame I'm going to put on that to make it possible? And then you st- start to like look at each plan, and you're like, oh, well, actually, if I did that, then that's... It's just very analytical. Do you write your lists down? Do you have, oh, you like, have to. So you have, oh, no, like, your whole... five-year plan list, your list for the year, your list for the week. You, you've got, like, ABC lists, so <laughs> make a plan with the deadline. Uh, when you put a deadline on your dreams, they become goals. Um, and then you, you know, it's like take action now. And so it's all about, you know, the small things that you do to sort of chip away at each at each goal. Um, yeah, it's really fantastic. I, I love it. I swear by it. I just I tell everybody to buy it. To when? Point. How long have you been carrying this book? I'd say probably about eighteen months. Amazing. Would you say it's changed your life? Um. 
Probably. I mean, I don't want to go that far. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like dependent on this book, but it's just like, it was just like a very helpful book to yeah. sort of navigate yeah. a lot of things. Um, I wouldn't say it's changed my life, but it's definitely like helped me to assess a lot of things in my life and become much more, even more goal driven and succeeding in the goals that I want to achieve. Mm. Um, so, would you say you are quite a goal driven person? Have you always been like that? Um, yeah, I think I'm just one of those people who, you know, I like a plan, I like a list, I like to, you know, I, I obviously I'm spontaneous and, you know, I do a lot of things like off the cuff or whatever, but I think that there's a confidence that comes from having a plan, especially when you've got children and a career, you know, you just, there's things that you sort of forget or put to the side. Like, even things on my list are, like, you must take your daughter to one dance class every two weeks or something or do a music class with your son. Like, building things in, you know, it's, yeah, it's just helpful to have a plan, I find. Show me a woman, a working woman, that doesn't have a plan. Listen, I write lists every day, but mine are on, like, scrappy bits of paper lying around my house. <laughs> that Whatever works, right? Um, and I once met a woman who um, had a, an app on her phone that was just a list-making app. I can't remember what it's called now. And she showed it to me. This was a few years ago. And, yeah, she had, within this app, she had several lists. She swore by it. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot so of lists. So clearly a, there's clearly a, a thing that clearly works. Or... Yeah, I mean, you know, there's lists. Like, you have a list, for example. I feel like too many lists kill the list. You know, you have to... You can't have too many lists. No, but I mean, you've got... What about when you start making lists of lists? But that's that's the thing. It's like, address my A list and my B list, and say, like, (laughs) this is why you need the answer. Do men make these lists, do you think? I have no idea. Um, Okay, and finally, Chave. Oh, no, two more. Tata Harper. Um, I love Tata Harper products. Totally changed my skin. I um I've always been into beauty products. Uh, I love a good cream. Love a fragrance. I got really obsessed with Creme de la Mer for quite a while, and then I was adding in the you know the natural oil. Still love Creme de la Mer, but I met Tata, and she has such an amazing ethos behind her products, and everything's natural. You know she has this uh, I don't know you call it a ranch. A, a, I guess it's like a ranch in Vermont where she makes the products wow. and things like, you know, glass bottles. And so she, um, you know, she, she, you look at her and you're like, oh my God, my skin, like, don't look at me. You know, she's like, looks into you and she's like, okay, this is what you need to be doing. And you're rubbing here and this is the product and you layer it over and you leave the cream and you put the mask on top. And, and so I just followed everything she, she told me. And it's incredible, like the change in my skin is just so receptive now to um, to natural products. If ever I put something that's um, not natural, kind of flares up or it doesn't feel right, doesn't sit right, um, I'm just obsessed to the point of, I tell everybody about her products. Like literally, I'll be at a dinner and don't even know someone, I'm like, oh, do you know Tata Harper products? They're so good, they're really great. And then Chave. Just Charvet has to be on the list. It's just such a classic. Just a great men's shirt from a beautiful old school store. I mean, I just love the store. I love the fact that it's still owned by the same woman. I love that you can get things like made for you and they keep your pattern and you can have your initials. And there's just something very like reassuring that that kind of store still exists. 
Um, you know, is it just the one store they have? Yeah, it's on Place Vendôme. Um, just beautiful, beautiful fabrics, just great service, just, you know, all the things that I Do you love. keep your shirts, or do you, that, do you think shirts have a shelf life when you wear them a lot? Do you? Oh my god, no, shirts, you just keep your shirts. I almost like your t-shirts. You got to go to my t-shirts when I was like 15. A you good t-shirt. You hoard, you hoard all your clothes, you don't... Oh, are you calling me a hoarder? <laughs> I, I just I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> no, I just love a great shirt, you know, and I, um, Charvet for me makes the best ones. You know, and like the stripes, I love a white shirt, a pale blue, just the cut of a men's shirt just looks so cool. In summer, you just wear that with your bikini top and your like really tiny denim shorts and your Birkenstocks or whatever sandals. That's the look. And then in winter, you've got the tuxedo and the men's shirt and you got your hair in a messy bun and you just look cool. I think, a men, I, think I feel like a men's shirt is kind of a Parisian thing that I've maybe picked up as well. I feel like when I was younger in England, I was much more of like a t-shirt kind of girl, you know? Mm. T-shirt and a leather jacket. Do you feel like there is this kind of Parisian style that you've absorbed since you've been there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. there's less of a tendency, I don't know if it's like, yeah, I think it's Parisian, there's less of a tendency to like get dressed up to go out. That's not a thing. It's like you're dressed in the day and then you just put on some lipstick and spray some perfume and maybe put on a heel and you're there you know you're just it's kind of a chicness you know it's just it's less of it's more like effortless almost but someone said that to me the other day about in Paris you don't have a lot of storage space for your wardrobe you know so you have to edit 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 so you end up just with really beautiful pieces and less of the clutter so you find yourself wearing your smoking during the day just to go to London because that's that's your vibe now. Does that Sorted. seem yeah. in? It does. <laughs> well, I was going to say there's not much space in London either, but yeah. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it, and that's not to say I don't have 58 pairs of jeans, <laughs> of blue jeans. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I'm working on it. <laughs> What's your favourite denim brand? A- APC. Mm. APC Butler jeans are my jam. I love them. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I've got a lot of other jeans and I, I, I try them out and I do, you know, there was a J brand moment, there was a me moment, there was, you know, there's been a lot of different moments, but APC definitely go back to. It's like these sneakers. You've got your classics. I've got the one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. For talking to us. It's been great. Thanks I Loved lot. it. Especially the answer. That was my favourite one by yeah. far. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know what you think of it when you read it. I'm going to read it after this. I'm going to <laughs> head straight to Amazon and buy it. Um, thanks very much, Claire. Thank you. That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website, and you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>